Hey everybody, I'm Robbie Carmen from MixingLight.com and welcome to a special audio post here on our blog. Today, we're excited to have Brom Desmond, the fearless leader of Flanders Scientific Monitors, or FSI for short, on the line. And for those of you who don't know about FSI and their incredible range of reference monitors and field monitors, then I just have really one question. Where have you been? What rock have you been under? In all seriousness, FSI, in my opinion, but in the opinion of many others, makes bang for the buck the best monitor line available. And this year has been a very busy year for FSI with trade shows, new monitors, new calibration options, new firmware, and even moving their offices to some bigger and better space. So we're pretty stoked that Brom could find some time to chat for a bit. And Brom, are you there? Lou? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us here. We appreciate it. As I mentioned, a lot has been happening with FSI the past few months. You know, you've mm -hmm. had new monitors, new calibration options. Give us the, uh, the lowdown of uh, what you guys have been doing, you know, the past year and I guess really since sort of NAB. Yeah, we've, well, we've been busy. Uh, we had a busy run-up to NAB. We were uh, trying uh, to furiously get everything ready. We had five new monitors introduced. We've never introduced five units at, at one trade show, so so we did that. Um, we introduced the first 32-inch we've ever had in mm -hmm. our lineup, uh, plus a revamp of the line, basically, with a new 24-inch LCD uh, some new field units in the 21 and the and the 17 inch unit, and then a, a mid grade kind of editing light duty color correction monitor in our 23 inch BM 230, and then um, through that period as well, we'd also been working with uh, with both Spectracal and with uh, Light Illusion uh, to offer even more calibration options uh, with our monitors. Um, and we continue to work with them to further improve things, to offer additional options. Uh, and what we've been working on since NAB is uh, one is just trying to catch up with demand. We've been uh, <laughs> yeah, <I bet>. basically, <laughs> you know, working as hard as possible uh, to uh, to get these things uh, shipped out to people. Most of the units start shipping in June, and we're largely caught up. Uh, the only one we're kind of behind on is the 32, again, probably because we never had that size before. Yeah. So demand was huge. But uh, we should be catching up on those in the next few weeks. And then, uh, you know, we weren't happy with that. So we decided to do even more. <laughs> so uh, right before IBC coming up here uh, later this week, we've introduced three new units, yep. including a new 50-inch LCD um, a new 24 and a half inch OLED and a new uh, 16 and a half inch OLED. You guys, you guys are just crazy. I tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, backing up a step, you know, one of the things I noticed around NAB that that happened was, you know, you guys have always been known, of course, for your incredible reference monitors, but you know, they had little long names, the different yeah. series of them, that kind of stuff. And one of the things I noticed is that you guys kind of uh, simplified a little bit of the naming, where you went uh, with the CM, the BM, and then the LM lines of monitors. What, what distinguishes those different lines? Yeah, correct. So LM is basically the stuff that we've always had in the past. We, we've had LM units and that just stood for LCD monitor. And the problem with that was that people would call us and they're like, well, what's the difference between an LM2340 and an LM2461? And there was just no clear distinction. So what we decided to do, um, you know, we couldn't go back and rename the <laughs> sure. LM something else. So sure. we've, we've kept those up because we, we still sell some of those units. Uh, they're still available. But all the new stuff falls into one of two categories, either BM, which simply means that it has an 8-bit panel, or CM, which means that it has a 10-bit panel. So whether it's OLED, LCD, doesn't matter. 
that's probably the clearest distinguishing kind of factor uh, in the product line is whether the panel can show you, you know, 16.7 million colors on screen or over a billion colors on screen. And uh, the reason that we chose a particular naming was BM stands for broadcast uh, monitor. Mm -hmm. And the the idea behind that being that since virtually all broadcast to the home is an 8-bit, a lot of broadcast applications require nothing but that. Um, now, when you have uh, cinema workflows or higher-end workflows, uh, you can utilize something like the CM series, which stands for Cinema Monitor. Mm -hmm. And those actually have 10-bit panels. And certainly for any cinema-based work, you'd want at least a 10-bit panel. Uh, they can also be used for broadcast work, of course, so we're not excluding that. But it is a higher caliber monitor. And um, the idea there was just to give people a clear idea so they could come up to us and we could right away ask them, well, what do you really need? Are, are you doing color correction even? Because sure. if you're just a guy who's editing stuff for web-based broadcast uh, or, or television uh, broadcast, um, you know, people ask us all the time, is it worth spending another $2,000 to go to a 10-bit monitor? And we're very honest about this. We always try to find out what do you need and what don't you need? Where can you save money? And we're not going to sell you the more expensive monitor just because that makes us more money. We're going to find out what you need, what's going to get the job done at the most affordable price. And if you need the CM, then sure, we'll sell you the CM. But if you, you know, if a BM's all you need, then we'll probably direct you that way. Well, I think that's one of the most endearing things about, you know, you, yourself and your entire team is that, um, you know, unlike dealing with uh, other companies out there that are much larger, I mean, I just want to remind people, you guys are essentially a family run family owned business and yep. one one of the things that really distinguishes you guys in my mind is that you don't pardon the French here, BS people. You yeah. literally, you know, you sort of guide them and show them, hey, this is exactly what you need. And it's and it's, it's really refreshing, to be honest with you, um, because a lot of companies don't have that. And I think that's one of, you're not just getting a great monitor from you guys, you're also getting that nice customer service, which is great too. Now, at NEB, when I walked up to your booth, which was beautiful, by the way, great, great new Thank booth. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, obviously there was, uh, what struck my eye was the, um, you know, besides the BM monitors, which I think are great for a lot of editors, that kind of stuff. But for the mixing light audience, we're, we're interested in those sort of those grade one higher end monitors. Um, you guys had introduced the CM240, which was sort of a, an updated version of a monitor I think a lot of people have come to love, the LM2460 or the uh, 2461. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what everybody was uh, surprised about and uh, oogling on, ogling and whatever they were doing over it <laughs> was, the, uh, was the 32 inch um, monitor. And I gotta tell you, when I first saw the 32 inch, I was just like, wow, this is just beautiful. Like, where has this been in my life? Um, <laughs> describe for us a little bit, what was the motivation behind coming out with uh, the 32-inch? Well, that that one was a no-brainer for us because people have – I've been in this industry for almost, almost 10 years now. And from the day I started, people have been asking me, Make a 32-inch, please. Make a 32-inch. Because, you know, people were used to that 32-inch monster, you know, God CRT yeah, monitor. Yeah, sure. Exactly. And they just wanted something that would fit in that same place, but maybe, you know, not take up 10 feet behind the monitor. So um, so we've always wanted to do that. The problem has always been the same, and that is that nobody makes panels just for the professional industry. So right. what you saw was that you had very high-end panels and kind of that 24-inch, 25-inch and under range for high-end desktop publishing and graphic artist use. And then you had where there was, you know, there's a big consumer demand for those for those high-end monitors. And we could pull from those to make a nice 24-inch reference monitor. And then on the higher end, you had, you know, people who were buying nice, expensive televisions with grade-A panels. And so we could pull from those. And what we found is that typically those started at 40 inches or 42 mm. inches and above. 
And so there was kind of this, this void where between 24 and 40 inches, you just could not find good panels. A lot of them, you know, up to a couple of years ago, it was hard to even find something that was native HD at that size. Hmm. So when we were finally able to find a supplier that could offer a 32-inch that was actually 10-bit, um, that was color accurate, and that um, had a nice high contrast range, we jumped at that opportunity. So it was really just, you know, waiting for the right panel to come along, basically. Gotcha. Um, and when that panel, you know, because what we do is we're constantly evaluating panels from all sorts of suppliers. Mm-hmm. And when we found that panel, uh, we said, okay, we've got to build something around this. And um, it, it really didn't take us long to uh, to build it. It's the same core architecture of our other units. It was just waiting for that panel to come along. And we're happy it came along because it's been it's just been kind of the perfect size for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, I talk to a lot of colors, and in fact, we get a lot of questions here on Mixing Light about people who, and you know, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum mm-hmm. about the whole idea of like the client monitor doesn't look the same as the reference monitor yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And we'll get to the, the even better, bigger 50, uh, 50 inch version in just a moment. But I, yeah. think for, I think for a lot of people, especially in smaller type rooms, this kind of solves that problem, right? You're having one monitor that's uh, relatively big enough to have, you know, you, the colorist looking at it at the same time, uh, you know, um, a client being able to look at it as well without having to, you know, climb up on your desk, which is really nice, I think. Yeah, and you you hit the nail on the head because really that was kind of the motivation behind this is that in smaller rooms, this is a monitor that's it's big enough for both the the primary operator, the colorist or the editor and the client. And it solves this problem of having two two different displays in the room where the client points at one or the other at any given point. And, and even if they're the same exact technology and everything else, the problem is if you just have different size monitors, you know, yep. they could you could have a 40-inch plasma and a 65-inch plasma <laughs> that read exactly the same. But just that size alone can throw off the way people perceive things. And so they'll they'll point to one monitor and say, okay, this shot I want you to make it look like that. Okay, on this one. On this shot, let's make it look like the 65. Believe, believe me, man, I know that world and of you hurt. You know that pain, right? <laughs> I know that world of hurt. Yeah, absolutely. So, so now, now the only thing that we have people saying is, you know, the problem now is that the customers are, you know, the clients in the room are finding the little, the scope preview monitor, and they're pointing at that, and going, "Okay, on this shot, I want it to look like that." Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and, absolutely. And so it still, still ends up being an issue, but. Uh, certainly going to kind of one God monitor, if your suite can support that sort of setup, uh, can be a good idea. It's not right for everybody, but having a 32 makes that a, a much easier decision now because it is finally something big enough to where your clients can actually see it. Absolutely. And so besides just working on the hardware, which you guys were really obviously hard at work back at any mm-hmm. time, uh, you didn't give up on what I think really distinguishes FSI from uh, a lot of other manufacturers uh, is the software and the firmware that's on your monitors. Um, you guys are constantly updating that. And I should point out, right, that uh, if you own an FSI monitor, you can get the newest, latest, and greatest firmware when it comes out. You guys release that all the time. Uh, it's yep. free download, easy to install on uh, on the monitors. Um, but around NEB, you guys came out with the sort of the second version of what you call the uh, your CFE or the Color Fidelity Engine. What's that all about? So Color Fidelity Engine is basically what used to only be in our top tier monitors. So like our LM2461 that, that everybody knows. Um, and what that is, is it's basically a large board that sits inside the monitor. It's actually a, a physically separate piece of, uh, of gear. And that stores 3D lookup tables. And those 3D lookup tables are what give you your color space selection. So if you select Rec. 709, that is being managed on that CFE. Um, by a 64 by 64 by 64 3D LUT. So that's a, it's a very, very large 3D LUT, much larger than most other monitors have. 
Um, what we did at NAB that was different is one, we we basically on all the five new units that we released, even the twenty five hundred dollar twenty one and a half inch monitor now has that three uh, D lock capability, has that built in. So it has a, a color fidelity engine. Not only does it have a color fidelity engine, but all five of these units have our second generation of that, mm-hmm. and. Basically, the only distinguishing factor between the first generation and second generation is that your second generation CFE, what we call CFE2, um, actually has two 3D lookup table positions that can be active at the same time. And the firmware that we just uh, introduced yesterday actually um, finally allows people to really take full advantage of that. So we have this separate position now called a DIT LUT. And that allows you, in addition to the color space that's active, so you have your Rec. 709 that's managed by its own 3D LUT. Now you can import any type of custom LUT you want, so like a Blackmagic uh, film film or cinema camera to Rec. 709 LUT, and have that active on the front end, or you can have creative LUTs or any sort of LUT that you want, basically. Um, it does have to be in our format still, mm-hmm. but that's where our partnership with Lightspace really comes in handy, yeah. in that that can convert from almost any format that exists on the market to our .dat format is what we call it and load that to the monitor. And now, just to be clear, you guys over the past year have formed uh, a nice relationship with Lightspace and the guy, uh, Steve Shaw over at Light Illusions. And just for everybody who doesn't know about Lightspace, Lightspace is a a CMS system. It's a color management system that um, I think is widely considered the top or one of the top color management systems out there. And I think it's really kind of cool because, you know, it's a pretty beefy, big, complex product that Lightspace is. But you guys worked with them and now they offer for sort of a, a, a an FSI specific version, uh, which can save you a lot of money and it helps also helps you if you have the right tools calibrate your monitor, right? Yeah, and we, we we've been um, in our partnership with uh, with Light Illusion, we've been able to um, th- thanks to their help here um, have a lot of different levels of product depending mm-hmm. on what you're looking at. So. For example, the DIT LUT that I just mentioned to you, that basically doesn't really require profiling or a probe or anything. You're just, it's a look LUT. It's, it's a creative yeah, sure. LUT mm-hmm. or technical LUT sometimes. Um, so all you have to do is convert it to our format. So you can just use their main component of Lightspace, which is much, much less expensive than the, the full version to convert those LUTs. So that's one thing you can do. Then, like you said, they worked on a Flanders Scientific specific version of Lightspace that only exports in our format, not all the other formats, and allows people to do calibration uh, for a significantly reduced price, again, compared to buying the full version of Lightspace. And um, and we're going to be making a bigger announcement about this probably in a couple weeks, but we're also now working on a third version, uh, and that's going to be called uh, the FSI Lite version of Lightspace. And what that's going to do is it's going to interface with one affordable probe, um, and um, you'll be able to buy that bundle from us, software and probe, uh, with a specific offset for all the particular FSI monitors and be able to do a calibration for, again, a greatly reduced cost, even compared to just the Flanders Scientific-specific version. Um, so for people who want kind of just an affordable in-house solution for calibration, we're going to offer that, in addition to all the calibration offer, uh, options we've offered in the past, including sending it in for free recalibration or interfacing with some other solutions like, uh, uh, you know, SpectraCal's CalMan Studio yep. uh, also exports in our format, and we've been working with them to uh, offer some additional support for that. So. We, we've certainly, what we're trying to do is basically whatever workflow you've decided you're going to use in-house for color management, from sending it in to us and not buying any of that gear <laughs> to buying the full version of Lightspace and doing everything yourself, um, 
whatever you want to do, we want to try to be there and support it. There's some stuff that, you know, we can't support, you know, like Cinespace is not really around any longer, not right. doing any development work. But if it's possible at all, we're really trying to reach out to third parties and, and just expand the possibilities here. Cool. So um, drum roll, please. The new stuff that you guys announced <laughs> this week, when I, it was funny, I got to be honest with you. I woke up, I was checking my email in the morning before I headed off to the office and, all, you know, of course, that involves Facebook and Twitter these days, too, right? That's yeah. the routine, <laughs> exactly. email, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, lo and behold, I see this, uh, this tweet come across from you guys. Oh, new monitors. I'm like, oh, great. This is, let me check it out. And I got to tell you, my, my jaw just kind of dropped when I read the, uh, read the release. Um, you guys released, as you mentioned earlier, three new monitors this week. Yeah. Um, the CM500TD, which is a 50-inch version of, of um, basically the 50-inch version of your LCD technology in your monitors. Um, and then you released two OLEDs, uh, yep. and that that was the part that just kind of had my jaw dropping. You released uh, the CM250, which is a 24 and a half inch monitor, and Correct. then the CM172, which is a, a six and a, a 16 and a half uh, inch OLED. Now let's start with the big guy in the room, the CM500. Uh, we mm -hmm. talked about just before, you know, you brought out the 32 inch because that was sort of a no brainer for you. What about the the, the 50 inch? Were you getting a lot of requests for even bigger than 32? Absolutely. And you should know because you're guilty of this more than anybody. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you release a 32 and the first thing everybody asks you is, can you make it bigger? Well, of course. <laughs> so uh, so yes, we, we can make it bigger. Uh, we settled on 50 again because we found that of the larger panel sizes available to us from our suppliers, we got the best performance out of that one. Mm -hmm. uh, very similar to what we we're getting out of the, uh, of the 32. It really is just a larger version of that. So anybody who's been impressed by the CM320 TD will certainly like the CM500 TD. It's also a 3D capable monitor. Um, that's not a huge, there's not a huge demand for that, but typically the people who are asking us about 3D also want it on as large of a display as possible. Right. Um, so, and, and it, you know, the five, the 50 inch does make sense because again, we get in this discussion of, well, maybe I'll just go to one monitor in the room. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing that, you know, 32 works in some scenarios, but in some rooms, it's just too small. So the, the 50 inch gets around that. Um, and we're very excited about it. We think it's priced very reasonably. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of advanced capabilities. Um, it really is just a, a stunning monitor, um, and uh, we're really, really looking forward to seeing uh, how, how well that one does. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to get uh, my eyes on it because, you know, the thing about it, as I mentioned uh, offline to you, is that I have, you know, we use plasmas as client mm -hmm. monitors in our yeah. suite. And, you know, I, I like plasma, but, you know, Panasonic's basically say, hey, we're not going to make plasmas anymore. <laughs> and, you know, I, and particular monitors that we have are kind of on their way out. They've been around for a while. And the thing that really intrigues me about this is I think that for a lot of people, it could literally truly be the hero monitor. I mean, that'd be pretty Correct. impressive walking into a room. There's a big, huge 50-inch monitor on the desk. Of course, you can wall mount it, do all those kind of things. Yeah, exactly. um, But the thing I really like about it is that um, – you know, versus some of the consumer models. I mean, I've had this problem in the past with the calibrators coming in or my self-calibrating mm -hmm. things. You know, when I'm using a consumer-level monitor, whether it be plasma or, um, you know, LCD or uh, LED or whatever, I simply don't have the control and the professional features that I want 
that I get in my reference monitor, right? And to, me, and to me, this is a beautiful thing because you can use it as a hero monitor, but what I'm planning on hopefully using uh, using it for is as a super trusted uh, client uh, evaluation. And I think that I understand that, you know, hey, there's differences in technology between yeah. the two displays, but at least in my mind, it gives me the peace of mind that, hey, you're looking at that, it's just as accurate as, say, the OLED sitting on my desk. Mm-hmm. Now, they might look slightly different because of, you know, different technologies, but that's a big, huge thing. And I think that you guys are just going to sell a ton of these. I think they're really going to be successful. Yeah, and the, the thing with that one, of course, um, like I said, I mean, you do have the question of different technologies and all this stuff. But what what is fundamentally great about it is that you have the color space managed by this giant lookup table. So you get very accurate, just objective results. And um, in comparing it to plasma or even you know fluorescent backlight LCD, it is now essentially the most representative um, picture of what of what your your end users are going to be looking yeah, at because point. if you if you go to I went to a Costco to buy a new TV uh, actually last week and hold, uh, on, hold, on, hold one, on a second you went to a Costco to buy a TV I know couldn't you just make your own TV <laughs> well to be fair this was I moved to a new house with an outdoor patio I was oh, not about okay. to put my, okay, uh, my gotcha. own out there so um, but it's interesting because there was one plasma on the floor and every other television was white LED backlight LCD. And so the the question is, you know, now what what are your end users? And the most critical end users are going to be those who just shelled out the big money on their nice brand new TV set. And so it, it has really become so representative of what people are looking at that I think it makes a great client monitor. It's just you can look, you can honestly look any client in the eye and say this is best case scenario. Uh, how things would look if it's calibrated as, as accurately as possible using the most prevalent technology uh, out there today. And so for, for that purpose, I think it, it suits those needs very, very well. Cool. Now, on Twitter and Facebook and other other places, when these new monitors were released, uh, obviously the real buzz that I ever got everybody talking yeah. was was the OLEDs. And I got to pick one little fight with you, that, and that yeah. is, and that is, I wish I had known. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as um, you know, as I've described to you, and I and I've blogged about here or written in our library on uh, Mixing Light. Uh, I bought earlier this year. I bought, in full disclosure, I bought a Sony BVM OLED, yep. um, and it was uh, pretty pricey. Uh, but you know, I'm happy with the decision. It's still great monitor it looks great mm-hmm. um you know but then you know obviously I, I trust you guys implicitly with what you're doing so i was sort of at one point i was sort of i was like oh damn it i was kind of mad about it and then i was like yeah. oh this makes perfect sense and you know we've talked about offline about the idea of oleds and you guys again which you do very often waiting for the right time to hit a particular market when you can find the panels and you can present things at a relatively affordable cost and was was that was now the time to do that have you finally felt that like hey the panels are you know being produced in stable enough runs? Uh, we can do it for a cost that is relatively affordable. Talk to us a little bit about why now with the OLEDs. Well, I think that one of the big things for me is that I've always you know, and we've always been very careful about this. Uh, we've been accused of being honest to a fault because we'll tell you all the good and bad of all technologies. Right. I mean, I'll sit there and tell you why you know the good, the great things about a plasma and how it will do some things better than any other technology and similar with OLED, but it also tell you the good and bad of LCD and why you might want to go that way. Um, 
But our biggest thing with OLED was we wanted to offer OLED. I just didn't want to do it at $30,000. Right. We're not the company that's going to sell, as I've always told people, you know, monitors that cost more than the cars that we drive. <laughs> uh, so the solution for some people has been to tell us that we need to buy more expensive cars. But that <laughs> that was not the route we wanted to go. So um, we really felt that at this point, you know, obviously we're not making a $5,000 OLED and one day we hope to be able to do that. But at these price points, um, I think that uh, we've finally gotten to a point where we feel that there's there's a there's a fair trade-off there. If you're the type of person who is doing work that will benefit from an OLED and you're in a you know fairly high-end environment and you can afford a monitor uh, at that price, we think that this is a good way to go. And we think it's a fair price. $30,000 for any monitor, I think it's just hard to justify. Uh, half that cost, you start talking about something more reasonable. And we've beaten that even. We're, we're at 13 and a half on the, uh, on the, um, yeah, I mean, on the 24 and a half. I mean, that's, that's incredible to me. I mean, I, you know, when I got my Sony, which is the BBM uh, um, F250, not the E250, uh -huh. yeah. um, it was, you know, with uh, you know, with everything all together, I think it was probably about 16, 17 grand. Yeah. Um, and typical Sony, I had to you know pay extra for the power button, um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that little ex external box. But you know, again, fine, I was happy with it. Um, mm -hmm. What you know, two things that have amazed me about this are the, are the price point, and you know, I, I think it's it's telling. I mean, this is the highest price monitor you guys have ever had, right? Um, and it I, is, and, it, and I think. Think that you know the the market that you just said is the right. It's the high end people, uh, the people that have techno lust that always have to feel like they have the best. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I e me, um, and I think you know it's the thing about OLED that I love is that when you see an OLED monitor for the first time, um, if I think a lot of people have the same visceral reaction that I did. It's like. Oh my God, yeah. uh, we have been used to so long of you know LCDs and plasmas that have pretty good black levels. But when you sit in front of an OLED, um, you just go, "Wow!" I mean, sometimes I sit there with clients and they're like, "Is your monitor on?" You know, and I'm like, "Yeah, that, yeah, it's just not showing you anything right now." You know, um, yeah. what I was really amazed at when I saw the um, information about this, how were you guys able to get my my Sony is like I don't know. 10, 12 inches deep. Um, and this is uh, about the same depth as the LCD monitors? A little thicker. Uh, it, it's almost exactly to, to a couple amazing. millimeters. That's amazing. Same. So. So, so you basically took the nuclear, as you joked on Twitter, you took the nuclear reactor off the back. I got you. You know, that, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know what's back there on some of these other OLEDs, but man, that it must be, I don't know, a toaster back there. Or I, I have no clue. But no, it, it you know, then to be fair, if you compare the, the CM250 and our LCD version, the CM240, the CM250 is a little taller because um, the panel is actually a little larger uh, in terms of uh, the be not only the screen size, but the bezel is actually a little bigger. Uh, but yeah, we tried to keep it in, in a compact form factor. Uh, another thing that we really worked on was power consumption for people who do want to use it in the field. You're, you're looking at about 50 watts of power consumption. Wow. Um, so it's definitely one of the more efficient uh, OLEDs on the market. Uh, same thing with the 6 and a half inch uh, it's 42 watts so not nearly as efficient as our as our LCD sure. but for an OLED it's actually fantastic it's something that can actually run on a battery for a reasonable amount of time mm -hmm. Uh, so those are all things that we worked on. Uh, we also made them very quiet. One thing that you'll notice about our monitors uh, is that even with the OLED, there's still no fan built in. So the unit, uh, there's a heat sink. Um, that's the cooling method that we use. So the monitors also run very, very quietly. Uh, there's there's none of those turbo fans you get in some of the other in the other monitors. 
Um, and touching back on something you said, you know, certainly in high-end suites, one of the things you have going for you with OLED is that it has that wow factor for when yeah. the client does walk in the room that, that they say, oh, wow, you, you've, you've spent the big money on the OLED. <laughs> and, you know, uh, in, in doing, you know, we have the unique ability here to be able to put these things side by side and, um, you know, the LCDs hold up very well and you're like, wow, they, they look great. And what are you really paying extra for? But it's mostly that wow factor. And there, there's something to be said for that. And it, I definitely understand why in, in high end suites, like, like in your particular situation, why having an OLED is just one of those, um, it's one of those things that lends an air of prestige yeah. to that particular suite that, that the client goes, this is why this person, you know, earns what they earn. <laughs> um, so I get the million dollar question is, uh, when do you guys expect the OLEDs as well as the new 500 TD to be shipping? So basically people, uh, we started taking pre-orders for them yesterday. People who have ordered them um, through right now are still probably going to receive them the first week of October. Yep. Uh, so they are, I mean, just a few weeks out essentially. Um, that will always be updated on our online store as we get orders in. Um, we have a certain number of uh, units that we know we can produce. Uh, once we've sold through those, the lead times may jump from three or four weeks to five mm. or six. But at any rate, you're looking at a three to six week range typically. Uh, and by the end of the year, hopefully we're completely caught up and there'll just be no lead time whatsoever. You just order one out of stock. So, but yeah, they're, they're, it's real. It's here. It's not vaporware. Um, we've, got them, we've got them ready to roll. Awesome. And one last thing I just want to sort of highlight for our um, our listeners here that might not know it. You guys have done, and I've been, to be honest with you, really impressed about how over the past year or so you guys have done some revamping on the website and the <laughs> different support that you guys have. And I just want to put it out there that I, I've been amazed by the video manual that you guys have online yeah. that really covers every single feature of the monitor. Because, I mean, after all, these monitors are very feature rich, you know, lots yeah. of different inputs, lots of different scopes. Scopes, all this kind of stuff. And what I, you know, I just want to point out that I just kudos to you guys is that I've, I found myself, to be honest, even though I've been using these monitors for a long time, every once in a while I sneak over to the website and go, how does that work again? And then, you know, and then it's, you guys have a nice, great way of explaining it and putting it into sort of layman's terms, if you will. And I think yeah. that's, uh, again, sort of a value added thing uh, to the line of monitors that you guys are doing and should be really proud about that. Yeah, well, we really appreciate it. And honestly, it helps with our sanity a bit here because, you know, they, they, they are, I always tell people these monitors are as simple or as complex as you want them to be. And when you want to know how to use those more complex features, uh, it makes it so easy for us when someone emails or calls us that we can just send them a hyperlink and be like, watch this two minute <laughs> video and it'll explain exactly what you want. And right. uh, so we break it down by chapter. Like you said, we, we try our very best to keep up. We're always adding stuff. So the videos tend to be just a little bit behind, but we try to update as, as uh, often as possible. Um, but uh, if there's something that's not covered on a video, also keep in mind that we have um, the really popular live chat function on our website too, uh, which is great if you have clients in the suite, you don't want to pick up the phone or act <laughs> like you don't know what's going on. Uh, help, you can just send, us, send us a little text there and uh, we'll be able to help you out. So, Very cool. Yeah, but we, we, tried, we try our best to, uh, you know, support is the thing we're known for and it's the uh, the thing that we will continue to work on to make it better and better. Awesome. And the very last thing, you guys are going to be at IBC uh, this yep. coming week, yeah? Yeah, we'll be at booth uh, or stand, as they say there, mm -hmm. uh, 10.F39. Okay. So we're in Hall 10. Um, we'll have uh, the 500TD, the two new OLEDs, the 32-inch, our 24-inch, and our uh, BM210 field package 
um, all on display there. So uh, we'll have that. We'll also have light space um, uh, on display at the booth uh, for anybody who wants to see uh, how integration with that works on a number of different levels. So uh, please do stop by if, you, if you're going to be at the show and we'll show you how all that works. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Brahma. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited about all these new products and what you guys have been doing. So, you know, keep up the good work for sure. I appreciate it, Robbie. Yeah. And remember, you can find out more about the entire line of FSI monitors by visiting flandersscientific.com. And also, if you're not already a member of mixinglight.com, be sure to check out the site. And to help you, we offer a free 24-hour test drive of the site where you can access our ever-expanding library of color grading insights. For MixingLight.com, I'm Robbie Carmen. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.